everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. I do also think that people value comfort more than anything else. And when they're uncomfortable, they're just like, I'm done. I'm out. Like, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel stressed. I don't want to feel overwhelmed. If it doesn't feel good, I don't want to do it. And like a lot of business entrepreneurship is a lot of not feeling good. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And there's very few like plateaus. Welcome to Hustle & Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we're two sisters who love business. On this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we know all the challenges that come with starting a business. Between operating our wedding venue, doing speaking and consulting, and starting our luxury wedding planning company, we wake up and hustle every day. And today we're talking, just the two of us, about last week's episode with Larry Long Jr., founder and CEO of LLJR Enterprises which focuses on sales motivation and inspiration, as well as team training. If you haven't heard last week's episode, go give it a listen and come back to hear our thoughts. All right, Court, let's get started. I loved how he talked about what I would consider a ridiculous personal goal. So his Uh, goal was to golf in 20 different states. I don't know if it was like in a year or in a lifetime or like whatever Uh, it was. But he feels like he will have made it. If he golfs in 20 different states. Hmm. So what would be a ridiculous personal goal for you? When do you feel like you've made it? I mean, like off the top of my head, like initially would be to have a personal assistant. Okay. (laughs) Like I was telling this to my husband the other day and he looked at me like I was crazy. And I think he's like very much judged me for this statement. But I am the worst at paying our registration on time. And getting the car inspected. And I was like, I will know I made it in life when I can just go to my assistant, hand her the keys to my car and say, go get my car inspected and go renew my registration so that I'm always driving around a legal car. Is that a ridiculous personal goal? I don't know if that's ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous would be like, I don't know, I get a facial every three days. I don't think that's a ridiculous personal goal either. <laughs> I think we need to think bigger. Yeah, maybe. I think a personal assistant's really big. Like, I mean, that personal assistant can do a lot of things. I mean, I don't have babies anymore, but I mean, it could be going to the grocery store. It could be doing all the, like the little things you just don't have time to go do. You forget about like the, to take track of your calendar. You tell them make like a vet appointment for your dog. I mean, like all these things. What's your, was yours getting a facial every three days? No, I think it would be having my family like able to travel with me. Like if we were like speaking or doing things abroad, I loved the idea of mm-hmm. like, being able to fully support the family and just have them acquiesce to my schedule. That's not a crazy goal, though. Why is that not crazy? I don't know. Oh, you think that's going to be doable? 2022, here we come. I mean, in fact, that, like, they need to get educated. They need to be in school. Oh, that's true. They have to do that. That's like a So problem. maybe I have a tutor for this personal goal. Oh, okay. That seems crazy. That seems crazy. Yeah. <laughs> personal assistant tutor slash yeah. babysitter. 
Uh, but I think I think what I loved the most about him was well, obviously his energy was number one. But yeah. I felt like he was very like real and authentic. I think sometimes when you have someone that has that much energy, you're, they come across as like disingenuous, and I did not feel that. Like, I know there was so much realness in what he was saying. Like he was loving in it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So happy. But we were talking about authenticity, and he was saying how people are smarter than we think they are, and I think that is so true. That's when he was saying you can't fake the funk. Yes. Yeah, that yeah, people could see. Oh, yeah. They could just see right through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think you fake the funk sometimes? Mm. Sometimes, but I, um, I'm i not good at it. Like, yeah. Whenever I try, everyone's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, I just actually don't feel really great. Like I have a headache and not really feeling this vibe right now. Like, yeah. I'm going to go home. <laughs> yeah. I think I have a hard time faking the funk. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's 100% accurate. <laughs> oh, Lord. There's times like where I... One, I've already said this multiple times on this podcast, I am a high-functioning introvert. And there's times in this job where there's literally no downtime. Like, I can't mm-hmm. get away. I can't get in my mind. I can't do what it, I need to do to recharge because I just got to go on to the next thing. And there's times where I just can't do it. Like, I literally, I'm sitting there at a networking event, and I'm like, I can't talk to you anymore. <laughs> I'm done. Dana, she's calling me. Or wait, do you need a drink? I'm going to the bathroom. I know. Well, the last networking event we I had know, invited. I never came back. <laughs> we invited someone and I'd already invested like a solid 45 minutes with this person. You and did. I was like, no one's around me. No one's saving me. And it was, a, the conversation was fine. It like, it was great, but it was more the fact that I wanted to go talk to somebody else. I'm there to network. Like I needed mm-hmm. to like get off of this train. Like I needed to go do my thing somewhere else. And so then uh, Courtney abandoned me. And so then at dinner, I was like, dude, like you left me alone. She's like, yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> So then at the end, I got stuck in the same situation and she comes up and I was like, oh, great. Courtney's going to do something. She's like, someone needs me. And she walks away and leaves me alone again for 30 minutes. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill you. I couldn't do it. I sat there for like 10 minutes and I was like, this is never ending. I'm going back inside. Mm. (sighs) I was done. I was over it. Yes. So, yeah, I have a hard time faking the phone. Obviously. Yeah. Sometimes you have to fake the funk just in general just mm-hmm. to get through some things. But I do – I agree 100% that authenticity always wins out. And I think it's what makes a lot of people successful is the authenticity of it all. So I love how we talked about having a coach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, do we need a coach? Probably do need yeah. a coach. I think everyone could benefit from a coach. I know. No matter how successful you are, you need a coach. So I like how he said, like, the coach keeps him accountable, mm. right, to, like, mm-hmm. what he's – I guess what his business goals are. Yeah. He said it was like a performance coach. Yeah, I'm sure it's about speaking, I would assume. But um, what aspect of your life, like, would you want some sort of coach or, like, invest in accountability? I think for me, what would be really helpful is, and this is probably more therapy than it is coaching, I think, is okay. a lot of it. But it's it's saying what I need to say in the moment and having, like, the grace with somebody and also the strength with somebody to stand up for myself. And I say that in a lot of, not like I should speak up all the time, but there's a lot of times I let things just pass because I just don't want to be, make other people uncomfortable. And then there's a lot of times that I shouldn't say the things that I say. Like I should let the moment pass. Mm-hmm. And then, so like working on those, the timing of that, you know? Yeah. I think would be super helpful. Is there some deeper sister talk that we should be having? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I think about like, so we had in one of our employees, they are not great at putting stuff away after events. And so they had this folding table and they just like left it literally in the path when you walk into the office, right? True. 
And it was there for like a week. And I walked out of the office one day and it was still there. And it just like pissed me off. So I walked back in the office. I was like, can somebody put this table away? I was like, I know it's none of y'all's fault, but you're more than welcome to text such and such and let them know that you put away this table for them. <laughs> like, they're like, yeah, we can put the table away. <laughs> and I got in the car and I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have been that salty. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was not really the smart boss thing to do is to uh, like speak negatively almost about somebody yeah. in the office. So should have just taken a moment and, you know, like, but like I was annoyed, like I was frustrated yeah. at like the lack of respect for our space and yeah. this person and, you know, but that wasn't appropriate. I don't know. I walked in the other day and I was like, this looks like a recycling center. Can we oh, please do something about this? <laughs> I know. Well, it did. <laughs> Why do we have boxes everywhere? I know. Yeah. What about you? What would you, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I just need like like business is going fine. I need like all the rest of the life coach. I will agree with that. Yeah. Like I need like, like I'm like this. You need to get your shit together. Shit needs to get together. Like <laughs> you need to figure out how to wake up in a timely I fashion. I can't do it. <laughs> how to like prioritize blow dry your hair. Things. I know I need that. I'm aware. <laughs> I need to figure out how to like get groceries in the house in like a semi-consistent a way. Yes. I know. I'm like, I'm failing on all those life aspects. I think fail is a really strong word. I think you are suffering through it. I am. I told my kids today, and they're all home from school because they all have this head cold and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I understand you're sick. Both of y'all look good enough to do something in this house. So I want this dishwasher unloaded. I want the kitchen done. I want the floor swept. I want the family room picked up. Mm -hmm. I was like, you need to take some time out of your day. I am literally suffocating. Mm -hmm. Like, you are suffocating me in this house. Mm -hmm. I'd like to be able to breathe easy when I get home. Mm -hmm. Mikhail's like, they have been doing things. Don't make them feel bad. I'm like, they don't feel bad. Like, they can do it. And I didn't say it in a mean way. But any matter of fact, these are my expectations right. kind of way. Don't fail me. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it's like the life thing. Like, I don't yeah. know. I can't. I don't know. I don't begrudge it. Like, I have great kids. Like, things no. get paid on time. My car is inspected. I drive <laughs> legally all the time and have new tires. Like, I'm not saying like I'm failing no, on all the things, but it's just like crazy chaos. I think that when we were never taught accountability for ourselves, I think yeah. in a lot of ways, like we weren't, like we, our parents never cared what we looked like when we walked out of the house. Like it was never like, there was never, and, and I don't think that's overly negative, but I never learned to like, you know, put myself together. You know? Yeah. And so I was in college and it was my roommates that like put the pressure on me, like, get yourself together. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I need to like make myself look somewhat presentable. Yeah. You know, and it's not all the well, time. We should unpack their childhood. I know. Well, <laughs> yes, we probably should. But that's not the point. Um, <laughs> but I realized for me, like, I feel better knowing what I'm having for dinner when I get home yeah. and knowing like my schedule and knowing that like, oh, I'm going to take a shower in my morning and blow dry my hair. And then the next day I'm going to wear it straight. And the third day I'm going to curl it. And the fourth day I'm wearing a ponytail. Like I know that. And for some reason, it just gives me a lot of peace, like <laughs> having my life planned like that. Like, do you know what outfits you're going to wear with oh, this hair? No. Oh, mm -mm. okay. Okay. What that, if your outfit dictates a different hairstyle than the one that you planned? It, well, the hair dictates the outfit okay, because, okay. you know, I'm only going to wash it every four days. Right. Got it. So. What if something happens, like a rain shower? It's or really annoying in the summertime. It is true. Go for a hike or then something. It, it all it all gets haywire, and then you know there's stress. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yes, but that's what I would say. I'm like need a general life coach. Yeah. Well, I think one of the biggest things we talked about with him that I loved, kind of switching gears here, was failure as an unsuccessful attempt. 
Yeah. I felt that very deeply. Yeah. And I, I think it's in every aspect of life. I mean, you just said you make great plans for your hair and sometimes there's a failure during the week. And it's an unsuccessful it's an attempt unsuccessful at attempt. my plan. That's no. right. It's one of those things as a parent, you notice how you start to ingrain in your kids that fear, the a fear of failure, which yeah. then I think turns into shame and disappointment. And it's really interesting, like my initial reaction when they like make a mistake is, is to like rail at it. Like, you know, why did you do this? Like, that was so like not smart or whatever. And really, that's like the initial thought, but it's like, you know, I don't want them to be afraid to mess up. Like I don't want them to be afraid that they dump something on the floor on accident because it's an accident. I mean, the messiest person in our house is their father who drops his coffee all the damn time. Like it happens, you know, and I don't like yell at him about yeah. that. So it's like recognizing like, hey, you fail this like like, why? Like, what What did you do wrong? Not in, like, an accusatory way, but, like, how can you be better the next time? Like, what can I do to help you be more successful in, in your next attempt? And, you know, it is fine. It happens. Like, you failed, and you can try again tomorrow. Like, you can try to be better the next time. Like, it's not about, like, that shame with it. Because I think we felt that so much as kids. Yeah, but I think there's a difference between, like, failure and not being conscientious or not trying, right? Like, you think yeah. – if you if you know your kid is like doing the best that they can do and it's like let's say they come out with a C or they aren't great at that sport, right? Right. But it's the best that they can do, like you're not gonna make them feel bad about that. Yeah. But if it's something where it's just like negligence or they're just not doing what you've asked them to do, or you know that they're not giving their all, mm -hmm. then or even eighty percent of their effort, right? Then I think there's a difference between like yeah, but working you, for something and yeah, but would failing. you would you say that's failing? Like, would you characterize that in their mind as you have failed at something? You have failed at doing what I've asked you to do. You have failed at putting forth your best effort. Or would you unpack it further and say like, why didn't you do what I asked you to do? Why didn't you put forth your best effort? Like, why was this attempt so mismanaged? I think I can see it more like, say, like with sports. Like all of our kids have tried different sports. Yeah. None of them are like phenoms. No one's like getting a scholarship on their prowess, at least from what I can tell at mm -hmm. this point. Not discounting it, but it seems that way. And and I think were we wrong? Like when Mason signed up for basketball, mm -hmm. it was really hard for Mason. And it was equally as hard for me, <laughs> like being in the stands and watching him attempt to play basketball. Like, it was really hard. Every every practice, I was mm -hmm. pumping him up. I'm like, you're so brave. I know this is so hard. And then I was like, I don't know whose kid that is. <laughs> you know, just just keep a wide berth when you, like, walk out. <laughs> we'll walk out. I'll meet you in the car, actually, you know. Like, it was kind of like that. And he knew that. And yeah. I knew that. The coach knew that, mm -hmm. right? And we made him stick with it. Like, we're like, you signed up for the team. Yeah. You have to stick with this. Mm-hmm. Should I have just said, like, all right, buddy, as opposed mm -hmm. to, like, degrading your personal opinion of yourself, like, every time we go out on this court? Yeah. I mean, he stuck with it. He stuck with it to the very end, and I felt like that was, like, a lesson, and even when it's hard, you stick with it, you support your team, blah, blah, blah. But should I have just said, like, this isn't your jam. We all know it. Let's call a spade a spade. Mm -hmm. Give everyone a collective sigh of relief, mm -hmm. and we'll move on. I don't know. I probably would have done the same thing you did. Yeah, I know. I know you would have because we have the same parents. But why right. wasn't it okay for him to say, I want to try basketball? We're like, well, missed up there. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question.
Mm-hmm. I think there's something like when you're saying that, like, like, and like it's pushing back on me. It's about the team. It's not about the actual like ability level. It's like you committed to something. Stick with yeah. the commitment. But I mean, I don't know why that's like my initial thought. I know, but yeah, but yeah, then you're like, okay, it's not fine to fail, even if he's like right. failing every day, you know. Right. And we joke about it now. Like I can, like he's like, I think I'm gonna sign up for basketball, and I'm like, don't put me through that again. <laughs> he's laughing. He's like, I'm joking, right? Yeah. Like he knows. All right. It wasn't like unaware. All right. Because I would have been fine. Like if he was like unaware and he was enjoying doing it, right? And, like that was his thing, and it wasn't yeah. affecting him. Like mm-hmm. absolutely, go ahead, do your thing, whatever. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like this ingrained thing. Like. Yeah, but I think what I love, I think when you're talking about like on the business side of things, like anytime like we can list out our failures on sure. multiple hands, right? And I can think of failures this week. I know. And at the time, <laughs> you're like, it's a failure to failure. And I love, I just love the reframing of this was an unsuccessful attempt mm-hmm. at trying to do something. Like it makes, it gives you a little bit more freedom. Like, okay, like I'm, it kind of changes that internal dialogue. As, I know. In fact, I think we're going to have a conversation with somebody. And it's going to start with, this was an unsuccessful attempt. I know. Let's reframe. Yes. Let's redo. Yes. That is coming up. <laughs> that's coming up. Very soon. <laughs> I know. But yeah, no, I just love that. I thought that was, it was like one of, that's probably like my favorite takeaway, truly. Yeah. One of my favorite takeaways was the, you are three feet from gold. Oh yeah, I know. Like literally uh, I had like goosebumps when he said yeah. that because I felt that with people. I'm yep. like, but you're right there. Like you're right there. Take the step. So frustrating. It is so frustrating being at the finish line and watching someone three feet from it. And they're just like, I, I can't do it. I give up. I know. It's not worth it. And you're like, what? You're right there. Just take three more steps and you'll be there. I know. But it's it's so it, – it, but it is maddening to be on that other side. Like – It's probably how you felt to Ada's meet this recently when she ran I into the – uh, Like, you're just there. Bless her soul. <laughs> oh, Lord. And she ran into what? She – She was so – well, they had like a tunnel of flags and she went on the wrong side of the tunnel and she's finishing. She's literally three feet from the finish line. She did so well and she did well regardless. And the coach is telling her to get to the other side. And somehow in her, like, two-mile, like, euphoric finish, like, she thought she could go under the the flags that she was running. And so the whole thing just, like, collapsed. <laughs> She's, <laughs> she like, all pulled tangled. pulled the whole thing out She's of there. tangled in the flags, like, trying to get her arm over the finish line so they can stop her time. <laughs> <laughs> it's very entertaining. She yeah. laughed a lot about it. But, yeah, no, but it was very much like that. You're like, come on, just follow Just keep on going. Like, <laughs> Don't look at the flags. Just keep going. But yeah, I, I did love the stick with itness. I think is what the hard part about it is. Yeah. And I think it's. I mean, I think you see it in everybody. Yeah. I don't think it's like a generational thing. I think it's a people thing. They don't have that tenacity or that grit to continue on. Yeah, I I think that people have different expectations of how things are going to go when mm-hmm. they get started on a project oh, yeah. or a business or whatever. And if those expectations aren't met, then they consider it a failure or, like, it's not going to happen. Right. And it, I feel like it's more about being open to your expectation shifting and yeah. whatever it is the universe is going to give you pertaining to that. Yeah. And to be able to use that to make it across that finish line. Yeah, but it, I— Like, I, the Bradford doesn't look anything like I thought the Bradford no, was going to look. No, but I really—so it was just kind of piggyback on what we were talking about. Like, he, he was saying, like, how he— spoke for free and he realized he really loved it and someone's like hey you can make money doing it and he was like oh like at the time he was like I'm fine and then he was like no I should do this like when your passion aligns with what you can be successful at is that's like really great 
But I feel like I, I think that a lot of times, not all the times, but those people that are three feet from the gold, I think it's because they don't have that same passion and mm-hmm. intention. Like I, when I see people that just stop and you're like, oh my gosh, you're, you're right there. And they're stopping and they're stopping because they're afraid because they're not making the paycheck they want to make or yeah. whatever. I look at it and I'm like, I don't think you were truly passionate about it. Like yeah. you were getting into it for a paycheck, not you were getting a paycheck about something that you loved. Right. Do you know what? And mm-hmm. that's a very different mindset. And I think that when you are the, cause that's how we were. It wasn't all about a paycheck. It was like, Hey, this is something we are passionate about. We really want to do. And we love, and we can make money doing it. But for a very long time, we made no money doing right. it. And we still did it because, and our passion changed and our, you know, reason your why can change. Totally. Yeah. But now you're like, okay, this lines up. Like my passion and my success lines up and that's, it's a great feeling. Yeah. But I mean, we should have, there's many times that we were three feet from the gold and I wanted to quit. Oh yeah. There's many times I wanted to quit. I just, I'd be like, this isn't worth it. Plus I think you have to have enough skin in the game. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It has to be like painful to quit. Yeah. Like if for us, for us to quit, it would have been a life shift, right? The- yeah. I think that is true, but I, st- I do also think that people value comfort more than anything else. And when they're uncomfortable, yeah. they're just like, I'm done. I'm out. Like, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel stressed. I don't want to feel overwhelmed. If it doesn't feel good, I don't want to do it. And right. like a lot of business entrepreneurship is a lot of not feeling good. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And there's very few like plateaus. Yeah. I loved how he talked about the power of choice. Oh, gosh. In your yes. life and intentionality. Uh, it's Some, so Sometimes convicting. I feel that way too. For me, like when I talk I about my life, I'm like, oh, I'm just choosing wrong. Well, yeah, but I also feel like there we become martyrs in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my, like I I don't have control over this. This is just what I this is this is my schedule this weekend. I don't have control over it. I'm like, no, I actually do have control over my life. And I do, do they have a business partner named Dana who <laughs> <laughs> schedules you to the, every 30 minutes? No, I'm joking. Um, but no, but there is, there is choice in it at the end of the day. And you, yeah. you lie to yourself and say, you don't have a choice. Like, I don't have a choice. Like I have to work this hard. I have to do this. I have to work till 10 PM. I have to wake up at five 30. I, I have to, I have to, I have to. And, and I think when you are fooling yourself that you have to, and that you don't have a choice, it's when you start hating what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I started recently waking up at um, five in the morning to answer emails for an hour before the family wakes up. And Sam's the first, the first time Sam's like, why are you doing it? I was like, I just have to, I have so many emails to get through. And like the second day I realized I didn't have to do it, but I was like, I'm going to get up and get up and do it anyways. Third day I was like, this is like, I'm so productive. Like, I feel like I can relax at work. Like I'm not like super stressed. And, and then Sam the other night was like, do you have to get up at five 30? And I was like, I don't have to, but I'm choosing to because Mm -hmm. It is, makes my day so much better. Yeah. And I actually enjoy it. And it's, I'm taking control of my busy schedule that I feel like out of control about, you know? Mm-hmm. I just totally subscribe to that. Like, we have the power to choose so many things that we believe we don't. That's how I felt about drinking. Not that I have like a drinking problem, but for over a month, like, I just didn't drink anything. I had like something at a networking event. Yeah. And then like took the next month off because I just had so much to do. And I knew that when I had a drink at night, it just took me out of the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I wasn't going to be productive after that. I wasn't going to like do my yoga or right. or get on an email or get the stuff out that I need mm-hmm. to get out. Like it was just going to get pushed along to the next day. And I did feel really good about it. There's something about making a choice yeah. that's so that you don't have to. No one's forcing you to do it. Right. You're just making the choice 
And it's so empowering, mm-hmm. right? You're like, I am kind of like choosing my destiny. It's like you right. choose your own ending novel. Like I'm getting to pick the ending here because I chose this direction. Right. Um, I mean, it was definitely very helpful for sure. Still not waking up at five o'clock in the morning. I just don't think I. I just don't think I'm that person. Literally, I'm not really a morning person I'm at all. Like I, but I, I think, but I think what I love about it is I don't have to talk to anybody. Yeah. Like, and I actually really love that because we are a family of non-morning people. Yeah. And no one talks to each other in general. And so it always gets really snippy. Mm-hmm. But I can be more level-headed if I've already been awake for an hour. Yeah. And I don't feel that same, like, angst. Yeah. When you're trying to ask me about the cereal, I'm like, I don't know, get a bowl of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get my coffee. No, but I think I, I feel that way, too, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the, the power of choice. I feel that way in business sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, some things just kind of fall and get reshuffled, and then I'm all of a sudden responsible for things that I wasn't responsible for, mm-hmm. or I find myself in a role that I didn't choose mm-hmm. to be in. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's where, like, you talking about your effortless, like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? What can I outsource? Mm-hmm. What is absolutely necessary for me right. to do. And, and really, when it comes down to it, there's very few things in our business that are absolutely necessary yes. for me to do, right. right? Like, I can be replaced by any multiple people. Right. But that, yeah, you have this kind of, like, oh, I'm going to take it on. And I think, too, like, digesting this a little bit, when I think about that is sometimes I feel like I do some of these things for others, other people's perceptions, mm-hmm. not because it's what's best for me or what's best for my company. Sure. Totally. Like I've, I really struggle with that. Like I struggle with that like the other night when we were at the open house and we were breaking it down. And I mean, I want to be a team player, like make everybody feel like I'm there doing whatever. And finally, it was at a point I looked at – uh, Molly and I was like, "You're gonna shut this down, right? Like, I'm not. I don't want to wait until mm-hmm. all everything's out. This right. is what I pay you to do, right? This is right. your gig." Right. And she's like, "Yeah, sure. I'm gonna like shut it down or whatever." And just to even be able to like say that, like, mm-hmm. like I don't have to do the same thing that mm-hmm. you're doing. I don't have to do the same thing that I'm paying you to do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but that's a that's a mind shift. Or I guess a shift in the attitude that we've never had the privilege to do. I know. Because we've always been like, hey, we're in the trenches with you. We're in the trenches with you. We're here. And, and you know, when you finally get to that point where you don't have to be in the trenches, it's hard to reframe your mind because then you feel like they're just judging you. I do feel that. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> think they actually are judging I know. us. We could ask them. We could ask but, them. But I, I also have a really hard time sometimes talking about choice, the power of choice, because it comes across to me as extremely privileged in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like I recognize my privilege that I have a choice for lots of things, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want to discount because I, I spent so much time of my life where you would have that kind of comparison or that FOMO uh, on social media, like, oh, this person gets to have a brand new car or this person gets to go on vacation or whatever. And it's like, oh, that must be nice. Oh, mm-hmm. that must be nice to be able to do that. It must be nice not have to work a thousand hours. It must be nice to be able to see your family on a Saturday. It must be nice, must be nice. And and you kind of get into this, well, they're so lucky. They're so privileged, blah, blah, blah. And there are things that, that, can, that you're afforded because of circumstances in your life. Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot of things that at that time when I'm like looking at this person saying I'm so envious, I could have made those same choices. I just mm-hmm. chose not to make those same choices. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like some things. Some things, yeah. yeah. But not everything. It wasn't like 
I made the choice to take on 20 something weddings one year. Yeah. It, it wasn't like the business needed it. It yeah. wasn't going to fail if I didn't. Right. Right. That was my choice. It was my choice to stress out my schedule. It was my choice to, to choose to, you know, not have a family vacation that year because we wanted to do something else. You know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's like recognizing what is a privilege and what is actually a power of choice. your decision. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's just my choice. It was my choice 16 years ago when we started this journey to be able to walk away from an open house. That's right. Before it's broken down. Yeah. (laughs) No, I know what you mean. That that is hard. It is hard because the ambiguity is hard, I think. It's I I personally feel like what's so hard is we are in a season of life that we've never been in and we've been gone from zero to 60. We've always been, I can say this, we've always been that martyr leader. We've always been the one like we've made less than everybody. Like we work so hard and- still work very hard. We still have hours, but life is getting better. Mm-hmm. And I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, this is the first year I look at Sam and I was like, I feel well compensated for my job. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the only time I've ever said that. Yeah. But it's weird. It's weird. You have it's to totally justify it. You can't, you can't even celebrate successes. You like, can't. You know, like you can't even celebrate things because you're just like, you don't want to seem so braggarty. Like I know. Like when uh, concerning like cars or whatnot, someone said to me one time, well, that must be nice. And it feels weird to have somebody tell you. And I know I've said that to people. Like that must be nice. But to have someone tell that to you, yeah. well, that must be nice. You're like. It is very nice. <laughs> well, yeah. I told, I told, uh, I was talking to Krista, my best friend, and she was like, oh, did you get your new car? And I was like, yeah, I got my new car. So do you love it? And I was like, I love it more than I care to admit, Krista, really. It's just not fitting with my brand identity. Like, I'm having a really hard time. She's like, I know we're those people we always made fun of. I'm like, I know. And I'm really having a hard time adjusting to it. Yeah. So thank you for letting me voice this concern with you. Yes. It's so true, though. I know. It's so true. Because I don't even identify with it. No. At all. Yeah. So for those listening, we should probably, like, we got uh, new cars through the business this yeah. year because the business, like, was kicking ass, taking Bradford names. Because the Bradford is kicked ass and taking names is and, really what it is. Right. And we uh, got it for a tax deduction, honestly. Yeah. We both got brand new cars, and it's, like, the nicest car either of us have ever owned in mm-hmm. our entire life. That's and right. nobody knows about it other than our employees because <laughs> it's right. parked in the parking lot. <laughs> They're like, did you get new cars? We're, We're like, like yes, yes, we did. Get new cars. <laughs> but we're not going to tell anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Because it feels weird. It's weird. It's totally weird. I know. Yeah. I know. So I probably yeah. shouldn't feel that way. We're going to work on that. We are, are. going to work on that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what else? I think this is a great thing to kind of like wrap up the conversation because I think it speaks to a lot of who he is. Is like kind of that self-manifestation. Uh, like I loved when he was talking about how his mom like had him say like every night I am somebody. Yeah. Like one, like how powerful is it just to say I am somebody? Like yeah. just – uh, like just that gave me goosebumps, but I uh, made me think about what would I tell myself? What do I need to tell myself every day for a year to believe it? I guess I am worthy. Mm, that's a good one. Like you're worthy of the new car. I'm worthy <laughs> of that new car that I drive. I am worthy of the ridiculous present that my husband gave me for my birthday. Yeah. Like I am worthy. Like I, mm. we, I just celebrated my 40th birthday and I've honestly, like, never felt more celebrated. Mm. Like, uh, and I I know that was the goal. Like, I get that. Like, goal (laughs) achieved for sure. And I know it's a year-long celebration. So I don't know what's coming down the pipeline, but I told my dad. He's like, are you – oh, so we're done celebrating you. I'm like, no, you better have something big. You got to trump what just happened. Mm. Um, 
extravagant gifts, ended with like, literally the birthday trip that Dana mm-hmm. planned out for as a surprise, ended with picking up the cars. And it was like a really amazing moment like to be 40 and be like, I like worked towards this. Like mm-hmm. this, this is where I'm at. This is 40. This is it. But just to even feel like worthy of mm-hmm. all of the effort that someone mm-hmm. else put into my celebrating me just mm-hmm. felt, I don't know. I know I talk a big game, but right. I'm a pretty unassuming person in mm-hmm. terms of like how I live my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's always been like, what does, what do you need? What do you need? What do right. you need? What's left over? I'll take that. Like the consummate mother. Yeah, I am. I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm everybody's mother or big sister. She is. And so it was just very, I mean, I felt like emotional about it, which was mm-hmm. odd in itself. I was like, <laughs> I really means a lot that you mm-hmm. did all this, yeah. you know? Yeah. But. Well, because you are worth it. I know. But just to tell myself, like, mm. I'm worthy of this. Like, all of these things that are coming down the pipeline, all of the crazy, crazy things that are coming mm. this year and where we're at in the business and what it's able to, the lifestyle is able to afford myself and my family and the things I'm going to be able to do, that I am worthy of that. Mm. I'm not just living somebody else's life that I just uh, backdoored my way into. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I struggle with that. There's two things that always come to mind for me. It's that I am enough. Like I am enough in general. You're um, more than enough. <laughs> but the other one I actually really struggle with is um, I am a good person. And I say this all the time whenever I'm fighting with my husband. I was like, I'm a good person. He's like, I've never said you aren't a good person. And I was like, but I'm telling you to convince myself that I am a good person. And I think I think because I'm an intense person mm-hmm. and I have high expectations that for me, like I, I feel like I deal with conflict more. Like I have conflicts more than probably normal people because I – have more emotions about people. Like I care mm-hmm. deeply about them. So when you care about somebody, they hurt your feelings more. Like right. that's just the truth of it. And so sometimes when you're in that season of life where you're just being disappointed, which I feel like I've been going through in a lot in the past year, like I remember telling this to Sam and I was like, I'm looking at my all my relationships, right? And all I can think of is it's me. Like I'm the common denominator. Like I am the problem. Like it has to be me. It makes no other sense. And he's like, well, they're your relationships. So you are the common denominator, but it doesn't mean that you're the problem in all the relationships or whatever. But I don't know. Am I a good friend? Am I a good mother? Am I a good person? Am I a good boss? Am I a good daughter? Like you constantly have to convince yourself that I'm a good person, you know? I think that's very deep, Dana. Mm -hmm. You are a good person. And I think that maybe your description or your definition of good should be based on how you feel about it. Yeah. Like I mean, stop making your description of what's good by how someone else reacts to you, by how you feel in that situation. <clears throat> right. I know. But like I but when you care about someone's feelings and you've affected somebody's feelings because of your interaction, mm-hmm. like you can't help but feel like not good about it. I don't know. Yeah. I hear you know? what you're saying. Yeah. And I know a lot of it's just personal responsibility and you can't change people and you're That's true. Like you just can't ever. Mm-hmm. It's not an option. <laughs> it doesn't work out that way. But Unfortunately. I know. More people would let me change them. This would be a better world. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for gathering us today to talk about the hustle. For our episode with Larry, we picked an amaretto sour with three cherries, which is Larry's favorite. We hope you will get the chance to make it this week. And cheers to Fido. Fuck it and drive on. <laughs> To learn more about Larry Long Jr. and his business, visit LarryLongJr.com or follow him on Instagram at LongJr7. 
You can also find him on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube by searching Larry Long Jr. You definitely want to check out his midweek, midday motivational minute. And to learn more about our hustles, visit cndevents.com, thebradfordnc.com, and hustleandgather.com, or follow us on Instagram at cndevents, at thebradfordnc, and at hustleandgather. And if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Earfluence. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we'll talk to you next time on Hustle and Gather.